This is Allison Sharp from the Travel Snacks Podcast. You are listening to Too Many Podcasts. Grab your snacks and let Jim the Podcast Sherpa lead the way. Let's go! Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa. Hey there, all you rebels of the Sherpalution. Just a brief reminder that the Sherpalution will not be televised, but it'll be right here on this podcast. Too many podcasts. Hey, how you doing? It's me, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa. Have you guys entered the contest yet? You know which contest I'm talking about, the one involving chocolate, the one called There Will Be Chocolate. I'm sure you're wondering, wait a minute, no, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. All right, well, let me tell you a little bit about it. Here's what you need to do. Just listen to the show and subscribe. Then go on Instagram and put a screenshot of the show logo on Instagram. And you have to tag a few people. You have to tag at... Too Many Podcasts, with the number two, that is, not the T-O-O, at Chocolate Johnny, and at Perfection Chocolates, because those are the people that we're working in coordination with to get this promotion going. And what happens when you enter? You could possibly win $30 worth of chocolate from Perfection Chocolates in Sydney, Australia. When's the last time you had Australian chocolate? Well, if you live in Australia, I guess it's pretty easy. But if you don't live in Australia, could you imagine what kind of yummy chocolate will be coming your way? So check it out. And also, don't forget to tag a friend when you're tagging everybody else, because we want to get a lot of people involved in this contest. I know Chocolate Johnny, John Capos, my friend, he's looking forward to giving away some chocolate, so let's not let him down, okay? So as you might have guessed, it's a theme week. It's theme week. It's theme week. It's theme week. And the theme this week is the paranormal. That's right. It's about ghosts, UFOs, things that go bump in the night. In other words, a typical day at a Walmart here. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? And I've got a really great guest. And I found her fascinating. Her name is Marianne. And she hosts a podcast called Walking the Shadowlands. Hey guys, here we are in the conference room of the Sherpa Chalet. I'm here with Marianne. She is the host of a podcast called Walking the Shadowlands. And it deals a lot with the paranormal, things that go bump in the night, things that scare you or things that may or may not scare you. And I'm really glad to have her here. Hello. Hi, Jim. Thanks very much for inviting me to be on your show tonight. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's the pleasure is all mine. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we start talking about your show? Sure. Um, I'm from New Zealand, um, the little country of New Zealand down under. Uh, I've um, spent most of my working life as a a nurse, actually, Uh, but I've always done things in the background Uh, To keep me sane, really, I did theatre and stage and voice work. 
so um, I've done a little bit of voiceover work over the years and um, I, sorry, all these arms, and I really enjoy doing it. So I thought when I came back to live in New Zealand, uh, I lived in the States for a while. I thought when I came back here, I might get into doing podcasts with subjects that I really enjoy talking about and that interest me. Okay. How did you like uh, living in America compared to living in New Zealand? <clears throat> well, it was quite a culture shock, to be honest. <laughs> it's vastly different. I mean, we, we speak the same language, sort of, although there are geographical differences um, and differences in phraseology, but I really loved it. Um, <clears throat> the people that I met were really friendly, really genuine, and it was a really awesome experience. Oh, great. So what exactly inspired you to choose the paranormal for your podcast? Was there anything special? Yes, I've actually uh, had a large number of paranormal experiences my entire life, ah. seeing spirit or ghosts. Okay. And, um, and being a nurse also, I came in contact with a lot of death, a lot of dying and a lot of people who were transitioning from one to the other. So there were always experiences that couldn't be explained on the wards. Um, um, people who were dying would say they had seen their loved ones waiting for them, and it was a consistent... That's what really got me into it. Um, but I've always, like, from the first time when I was a kid, I was about 13, I think, I read the story about the abominable snowman, and I was hooked. Mysteries, I was hooked, and I've been hooked ever since, really. Oh, okay. And uh, what inspired the, the title, Walking the Shadowlands? Because, to me, these subjects are in the shadowed lands of what people regard as normal, everyday reality. Like, most people are aware that, um, that there are things that are unexplained in this world, but a lot of people don't like to look at them because they scare them. Okay. Hence, in the shadows. People are scared of shadows. You've lived in the States, and I guess you probably knew that some of the paranormal things that people get attracted to are like, they talk about Area 51 and the, uh, the alien spaceships, and people talk about Bigfoot. Right. Was there anything like that over in, uh, in New Zealand? Like, were, were there certain sort of, sort of paranormal icons, for lack of a better word? Not really in New Zealand, because New Zealand geographically is... Uh, um, newest country in the world to be settled. So we don't have the history here that you guys do or, say, England does or Europe does. Mm -hmm. So most experiences in New Zealand are land-based rather than building-based. Um, although, you know, New Zealand has their fair share of UFO sightings and stuff like that. And also, actually, New Zealand does have their own version of the Bigfoot called the Moiho Man. And um, while we're a small country, New Zealand still has large numbers of areas that are, that are very isolated and it's very difficult to get to. And so it's um, not beyond probability that these uh, beings live in these isolated areas. Certainly there have been plenty of sightings over the years. Oh, wow. You know, uh 
I noticed like looking through some of your episodes and list, doing a little bit of listening, you have a couple of interesting terms. I was wondering if you could kind of explain that for me and for anybody who'd be interested in checking out your podcast. Would that be okay? Sure, absolutely. Okay. You mentioned that uh, one of the subjects that your podcast is going to address is cryptozoology? Sure. Cryptozoology. What, what is that? Oh, cryptozoology is really the subject of um, cryptids, what, what they call cryptids. Uh, cryptids are things like the Moiho Man, Bigfoot, okay. um, uh, Big Bird sightings, that sort of thing, Chupacabra. Okay, so like mysterious animals and beasts, basically? Yes, correct, correct, yeah. Okay, and I know there was a what, another big word, I know, and I know I'm probably going to mispronounce this terribly, the Patupairahi? Good job. <laughs> Patupairahi. Oh, okay, got it. Good job. <laughs> okay, what is that? The Patupairahi are the New Zealand Maori version of fairy folk. Okay. So the um, beings in, in New Zealand, but in the New Zealand Maori belief system, the native um, New Zealanders, um, the Pitupare here are folk that come out when the mist is out and at night, and during the daylight, they're, they're not seen generally because daylight's not good for them. So there's two types of patipari here. There's the land-based type, and then there's the punaturi, who are sea-based fairies. Okay. Uh, you know, what we were saying before uh, we started recording, I, what I found really unique about your podcast is that you talk about, you know, these, these type of creatures and, you know, paranormal items that we really, you don't hear about in the United States. So it's like people who have a flair for learning about monsters and things that go bump in the night. Here's, this is like a whole new chapter for them. And that's what I thought was really cool about your podcast, you know? Um, so were a lot of these, uh, what, is there a good word for it? Like be, the cryptids are, are they really all like a Maori influence or, or kind of like a combination of different areas? Oh, no, they're all over the world. Like, for example, the Moiho man is found all over the world. And in, in the US, he's called the Sasquatch. Or um, what's the other name you call him? I can't Yeti. The Yeti. Bigfoot. Uh, yeah, Bigfoot. In Australia, he's the Yowie. Okay. So most countries have them. They're just under different names. Okay. Now, uh, I was, the, you actually kind of answered a question that I was just about to ask, but I would like to get into a little bit more detail about it. You had said that you actually experienced issues with ghosts and spirits. Correct. Yes, I've seen spirit. I can share a couple of examples with you if you like. Sure, absolutely. Um, one, I was on duty. I was in my early 20s and I worked in a private Catholic hospital in Auckland. Um, which is um, one of New Zealand's major cities at that stage. And, um, and the, the nuns, because it was run by the nuns, they used to turn up at all sorts of hours of night just to check on us. And I worked nights from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. That was my preferred working time because okay. I liked to just get on with my work and not have to worry about politics and stuff like that. So I was on duty one night and I was in the sluice room emptying a bedpan. And I always make sure that I shut the sluice room door um, because I don't want to disturb patients who are sleeping. And I was emptying the bedpan and, and um, 
the entrance to the door was to my left. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this nun standing there and they wore all black habits. It was traditional, you know, with the black head, the, the white bit around the face and the, and the neck. And she was just standing there looking at me kind of disapprovingly. And I thought, oh, heck, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I thought I must have been making too much noise or something. So I finished what I was doing and I turned to look at her and she was gone. There was nobody standing there at all. And uh, uh, it took me, um, I had to hold on to the sluice bench, the, the bench and kind of like uh, gather myself together. Um, before I could walk out the room. It, it, it actually really scared me because it was so unexpected and I had never heard of anybody having experiences like that there before. And, of course, I couldn't talk to anybody about it uh, simply because, well, it's not the type of atmosphere where one would talk about ghosts. <laughs> True. So um, that, was, that was one that, but she was very clear. I could see her clearly. I could see the rose, just at the corner of my eye, but I could see her. I could see the rose in her cheek. She had a very thin face and her hands were kind of held like this, like this, crossed at her, um, at her waist. And she just looked really disapproving. So that was that one. The second one was actually um, in Hamilton in New Zealand, which is, uh, I was 15, I was researching genealogy and I had my husband and my daughter in the car at that stage and we were slowly driving into the cemetery. There was another car behind us. We were only going, well, five or ten miles an hour because that was the speed limit in the cemetery. And all of a sudden, uh, there were cemeteries, headstones uh, in this cemetery. It's an old cemetery, so they had the big built-up headstones that you don't see in a lot of cemeteries these days. And I was driving really slowly and suddenly this tall, really thin woman wearing flat black shoes, a plaid skirt and a twin set, which is uh, very, very 40s clothing. It's like a, a, cut, uh, a top with a cardigan that matches okay. and a, a string of pearls around her neck. And she was really tall and really thin. And she stepped out suddenly in front of the car and I slammed on the brakes. And I thought, oh, oh my God, I've, I've hit this woman. What am I going to do? So I slammed on the brakes. The car behind me slammed on their brakes. We all got out of our cars and I ran around to the front to check and there was nobody there. Nobody there. And this was about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, so it was broad daylight. Wow. And the other car, well, obviously were going slow enough so that they could stop. And the other people said, are you okay? And, uh, is she okay? And I said, you saw her too? And they said, yeah, this woman stepped out in front of you. So there were five of us all together who saw this woman step out in front of me and she just was not there. So that was that was the freakiest one that I've probably had um, simply because I could have run somebody over and hurt them. Oh, sure. You know, I, I do want to remind you, you know, if my lights start flickering, I'm going to hold you personally responsible for that. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, given these stories and, you know, these plain as day sightings, they weren't, these weren't just middle of the night things. These were things that just happened during the day. Did you ever like further research it and maybe say that, oh, there was a person in this cemetery 
that had maybe passed, you know, who was a woman who, you know, who would have looked like that or anything like that? Well, we did. Uh, actually, after we got over our, our shock and um, all of us went actually looking at the gravestones around that area because she stepped out from behind the specific gravestone and actually it was hers and it had a photo of her on the front. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was pretty amazing. That was pretty amazing. I think at that point I would have just gone home and be like, okay, day's over. Don't talk to me. I think I need a little alone time. <laughs> well, it was, it was certainly well, what shook me more was the fact that I thought that I had run her over. That's what scared me the most. But actually since then, um, well, actually, probably partly because of that episode, but I became really interested in ghost investigations. Uh-huh. And I formed my own paranormal investigation group, um, which still runs, but New Zealand's a very small place and there's not many places you can investigate here. Sure. Wow. So, I mean, obviously ghosts are, you know, something that fascinates you the, you know, the most. Or were there any other elements of the paranormal that, that kind of grab your attention? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, UFOs and star people are probably my major area of interest, to be honest. Uh, and this is going to make me sound loopy as anything, but I don't care. I've had UFO sightings my entire life. Okay. And um, mostly when I've seen them, I've actually been with other people. So there's always been a witness to verify what's been seen. You know, I always wonder about that. Maybe, you know, you could help shed some light. Lots of times when, you know, there are people who see something, there, there's never anything left over. You know, there's, there's never, you know, a footprint, uh, something that might be burned unusually or, you know, uh, you know, anything in the ground or, you know, I guess that's probably what kind of, you know, makes the credibility with that kind of art. And I'm not, you know, please don't think that I'm trying to disrespect you here or anything like that. But I guess, you know, I'm just offering like a perspective as maybe this is why some people have a hard time believing when someone says, oh, well, I saw a UFO. Great, great. You know? Well, there were um, a couple of major incidents in New Zealand, one in Kakura in the 70s that was captured on film. Um, by some pilots who were travelling from Auckland down to the South Island because New Zealand is two islands. I live in the North Island and we have the South Island. And these pilots were travelling down to the South Island and they happened to have a film crew on board with them, a television New Zealand film crew. And the film, um, the crew captured the UFO that was spotted. It was caught on radar as well. And it made, you can look it up, it's, all, it's on the internet called Kaikoura. Kakura incident, uh, and there's video of it on there. So sometimes, and that was undisputed because it was seen by the pilot, it was seen by the television crew who filmed it, it was caught on radar both in um, Wellington and in the South Island. So it was seen by, I think it was in the South Island as well. Um, So it was actually caught on radar and it was recorded and not, um, brushed aside. But I do notice that over the past couple of years, particularly in the States, there's been a slow drip feeding of UFO and UFO related stuff to your mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And these days, when they're talking about it, they're not treating it like a joke, like people are crazy. They're actually 
talking about it quite seriously. And now also your military has um, publicly stated that pilots are allowed to share their experiences that they see. These are um, your armed force pilots that they can report the sightings that they've seen. And they did release a few actually last year, I think. Yeah, so, and I know and still he, I guess here, I don't know if it's US-based, they have SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Right. Which is, you know, they've been trying to get signals and there were times where they got a little bit of a blip or something, but nothing really too clear. And, you know, it's a big universe. It's a big universe. <laughs> You know, we, uh, you know, sometimes you're at the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, whatever the case may be where, you know, maybe you are experiencing something that uh, was an otherworldly being. Right. You know? And humans have this, some humans, not all humans, have this attitude that we're the only intelligent species, that mm-hmm. there can't possibly be any other sort of life form elsewhere. And that for us to think so is just craziness. But actually, there are so many universes out there that, and there is so much that's not explained by humans. Oh, another area, I'm just, I'm just digressing here, but an area that I'm really fascinated in is the holographic universe theory. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't, actually. Okay. The holograph universe theory or the simulation theory um, has been put forward by the world's leading physicists, uh, um, uh, quantum physicists. Okay. And the simulation theory pretty much says in a nutshell that, that the world that we're living in is a simulation, that it's... Um, like a computer simulation like the Sims game. The reason these physicists came to this conclusion independently of each other is because there were questions about, uh, is it the the string theory? I'm not a physicist, so I don't really know. Um, There were questions that couldn't be explained by normal physics or by normal mathematical equations. um, One of Einstein's theories and the, these quantum physicists have discovered that uh, this simulation theory is the only thing that explains um, things that they couldn't otherwise explain. Okay. The, if you're interested, if your listeners are interested, there's. Uh, I'll have a link on my website because that's what my episode's about next week that links to all these physicists talking about their ideas and um, an an experiment that started this whole field off in a way. So it's very, very interesting. So basically what they're saying is that that this universe is a hologram and um, there's a Matrix movie that I really like, like. Uh, of the Matrix quote, it's Morpheus saying to Neo that um, what is real, and I can't remember the exact wording offhand, but he talks about if you, if you if you think real is what you can see and touch and taste and perceive, these are only electrical. These are only your neurons firing in your brain. They're only electrical. Some uh, electrical. What's 
what's the word, electrical impulses that your brain is receiving. Okay. And that actually brings up another question about what's perception. So it's really, it opens a whole can of worms, and I find it a really absolutely fascinating area. Wow. And uh, I know you said that that uh, was one of your upcoming shows. Uh, what are some of your other topics that you'll be dealing with in the future? I know you started just a couple of months ago. Um, well, I've got heaps that I'll be doing. I've got, I'll be doing episodes on spontaneous human combustion. Um, I will be doing, I've got a few episodes coming up. I'll be doing some episodes on men in black phenomena, on UFOs. I haven't even touched those areas yet. Um, I'll, I'll be having more people's ghost experiences because that's always really popular. People like to get a little bit of a, a scare when they listen to them. Um, yeah, I've got I've got a number of things in the work in the works, but yeah, anything that's unexplained or like uh, mysterious disappearances. Um, I remember one I I read about again when I was thirteen, and I just got onto this kick was about a boy one time in the, in the winter. Uh, it was snowy outside. It was there was fresh snow on the ground, and he was sent out to get some water from the well. He, um, when he didn't come back after 10 or 15 minutes, his parents got really worried and they went out to look for him. They found his fresh, fresh footprints in the snow. They never made it to the well and they just disappeared. So they could see that he'd walked so far and then he wasn't there anymore. And he was never found. Oh, wow. Yeah, so just things like that. Really, really interesting. Yeah, there's, I'm certainly there's no shortage of uh, material for you in your next, <laughs> your next batch of episodes. No, absolutely no shortage of material whatsoever. <laughs> and, uh, well, since we are talking about podcasts, uh, are there any podcasts that you like to listen to that you might recommend to our listeners? Um, well, I'm not really good with names because I listen, but I like podcasts that talk about people's experiences. Okay. Um, like you, you know, I like interview podcasts. I like podcasts. There's uh, one that my daughter put me on. I think it's called My Favorite Murder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is which is uh, very interesting to listen to. Um, but I don't actually, to be honest, have a lot of time. This is sort of a full time job for me, really. Okay. Because when I do episodes, I I, I put I do a lot of research. I do ten to thirty hours of research for each episode. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. You, you know, the last show that I was listening to of yours, you could tell that, you know, you, you definitely, you tried to really leave no stone unturned with, uh, yeah. with what you were presenting. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to make my episodes so they're, they're interesting and entertaining, but they're informative as well. And perhaps get people out, perhaps get people curious to go and look for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, and another thing that I enjoy about your presentation is, there's really no bias. You're really just presenting the facts as they are and the events as they were. And uh, there was the one that I just listened to, the skin. Uh, skinwalkers. Skinwalkers, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, you know, you, you had relayed stories of people who had, you know, experiences about the skinwalkers, you know, and, and there was no judgment passed. It was like, here it is, this is what happened. You know, and it, you know, it leads the listener to kind of draw their own conclusions, or like you said, if they want to look further into it, then that's that's their option. But you're you're giving them, like I said, these are new facts, especially like I think the people in the United States that may have never heard of like the Skinwalkers or something like that. 
So it's, a, it's definitely a, an interesting channel for them to check out. That was a really, really interesting show that, and I really enjoyed my talk with the person who um, was kind enough to speak to me because it's actually taboo for the Navajo people to talk about skinwalkers because they feel it will attract them to them. Yeah, because you said they're basically like witches that take the form of of like animals and other people. Is that correct? Um, they they are they are regarded as um, evil witches, although they weren't initially regarded as that when when they were first around. They can take shapeshift into the form of animals. Usually, um, they get the name Skinwalker from the fact that they would often be seen. Well, they used to wear the pelts of animals on them, like coyote. Okay. Yeah. So they were wearing like the skins of the animals and... Yeah. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, uh, we have a portion of the show where the, we flip it over to our guest and it's called Shameless Self-Promotion. Shameless Self-Promotion. So uh, if you want to let everybody know how they can get in touch with you and, uh, and about your podcast, if anything else that they, you feel like they should know... The mic is all yours. Oh, thanks very much. Okay, my podcast is called Walking the Shadowlands and it's found on all free podcast insights and hopefully soon to be on iHeartRadio as well. Um, I have a podcast website called www.walkingtheshadowlands.com and I also have a Facebook page um, of the same name, Walking the Shadowlands, and a Twitter feed. And if you want to contact me at all, you can email me at shadowlands at yahoo.com. There you have it. This is my friend Marianne, all the way from New Zealand. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was a really cool conversation. And really, you know, if it's getting me thinking, I hope that the people who are listening to this episode are really thinking things over too and, uh, and they want to do a little extra homework. So awesome. thank, oh, thanks, thanks so much, Marianne. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Jim. Always a pleasure. For those of you who may have noticed a strange presence while we were conducting that interview, I just figured I'd let you know that I'm trying out a new shampoo, so I just hope that didn't scare you too much. So if you like the paranormal, or you don't like the paranormal, and you just like listening to audiobooks, everybody out there who's listening to too many podcasts, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And there's so many books. There's over 180,000 titles that Audible carries. I'm sure there's bound to be something that you like, like maybe The Girl on the Train or Divergent or Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, all sorts of stuff like that. If you want to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash Sherpa. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash Sherpa, and you can get your free audiobook. Hope you enjoy it. And now it's time for Sherpa Suggestions. Hey, you know what else I like? about Walking the Shadowlands, that little scary incremental music that you hear in between segments. And if you like Walking the Shadowlands, here's a couple of other paranormal podcasts for you to check out. We have Astonishing Legends, Real Paranormal Activity, 
Beyond the Darkness, Unexplained, and Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities. Some of you may have heard of Aaron Menke through his previous podcast called Lore, which took a look at the dark side of history. So I'm sure that this podcast will not disappoint you. As for me, when I'm going to listen to these podcasts in the dark, I'll make sure that I have my trusty flashlight and Mr. Fuzzy Wubble. Mr. Fuzzy Wubble is my accountant. He doesn't really have much of a social life, so I figured I'll try and scare him every once in a while. Thanks again for dropping by to listen to Too Many Podcasts. And a special thanks to Marianne. And be sure to check out her podcast, Walking the Shadowlands. Hey, before we get out of here, I wanted to tell you about two other ways that you can listen to this podcast. As of yesterday, before this recording, I'm now on the app called Podcoin. And what that is, it's a regular podcasting app, but you can actually earn money for the time that you spend listening to podcasts. Wow, if I had known that sooner, I'd probably be a really wealthy guy and I wouldn't even have to do my podcast. Check out Podcoin, and there's a mobile app, and there's a website as well on the computer. Also, if you have an Alexa device like an Echo, a Dot, or a Show, if you say to it, Alexa, play too many podcasts on TuneIn, you will hear the latest show that's been released. Nice and easy, right? There's no downloading. There's no website surfing. It's just all right there. So just figured I'd throw those two ideas. And I will probably be putting out a little Instagram video just to demonstrate how simple it is. If you'd like to find out some information on how to listen to the show in other ways, just follow me on Facebook at Too Many Podcasts. That simple. Or you can follow me on Twitter Again, also at Too Many Podcasts with the number two. And Instagram, like I said before, with the at, the number two, Many Podcasts. It's really that simple, okay? So until next time, I guess I'll be seeing you, unless you don't get kidnapped by aliens or cryptids. Uh, Bruce, maybe lead them out of here today with a flashlight. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la chapalition. Viva la chapalition. <coughs> oh. Yeah, I'll come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>